Hello and welcome to the Limerick Post Podcasts. We are Limerick. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. Join me each week as we get to know the people of Limerick who are making the city and county what it is today. You can keep up to date with all Limerick news, sport and entertainment by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all our social media channels or visiting limerickpost.ie. Welcome to this week's We Are Limerick podcast. This is my third time recording this intro and uh, I'm joined by Ryan Gibbons from Airnock Harlar. Ryan is a different kind of guest because he's not based in Limerick, but he still has an influence on the city's future development, I'd say. Uh, Ryan, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me. And, uh, this is our third time having this part of the conversation, <laughs> I think, but uh, you were home for Riverfest. What, yeah. How did you get on? Yeah, fantastic. Um, as I was saying, we, had, um, you know, we were blessed with the weather, but I think the... Um, the whole event was just really well organised. You know, I was really impressed with the um, with the village down in Arthur's Key Park and the buzz. I think down by um, the Bishop's Key, Howley's Key, Honan's Key. That you know, when I saw the Limerick Post had you know the barbecue down there, we were feeding half the city. Yeah, yeah, I got some stuff <laughs> myself. But um, I just the the buzz. I thought the atmosphere was fantastic, and it's great to see that whole promenade being used. Um, I think the the feedback, you know, I've seen a lot on social media and amongst my own friends that, you know, it was great to see the kind of pedestrianise pedestrianisation of, of that area. You know, it'd be great to see more more of that down on the river. Especially front. considering Limerick is known as a riverside city. Exactly, you know, and we've been talking, I mean, for the last, you know, 20 years about turning the city to face the river. Um, you know, we, you know, I know there's been attempts to do that, but we don't seem to utilise it enough. Um, so the whole Riverfest, I think, was a, it was a huge success, and it was great to see even the guys out canoeing and um, out in the boats and, and utilizing the river. I'd, I'd love to see more of that. Um, so that was the fifteenth year of Riverfest, and we were at the second year of the Catherine Street Street Feast. Yeah, and uh, you were there yourself. Yeah, what did I was you make there. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I think it's a great concept, um, and you know, second year running, it's it's gone from strength, strength to strength um, over the last two years. Um, you know, there was a great, there was a cute, great crowd there yesterday. Great buzz, the music was great. Um, there's some really nice food up there. You know, it's just all around is really great um, idea. It was nice to see families getting involved as well. Absolutely, there was kids out and you know playing with chalk in the street. There was guys break dancing there. Um, you know, a lot of my fam- my my friends have you know young families now, so um, it'd be great to see that concept rolled out and, and maybe expanded as you know as it becomes more popular in the years to, years to come. Definitely. So, uh, tell me a bit about Erin Carlar. First of all, it, it's an Irish word, obviously. Yeah, a bit of a tongue twister yeah. uh, for, <laughs> for some, some anyway. People. For some people, yeah. <laughs> um, I um, yeah, I uh, I suppose I was in Gwelskol myself. Um, I was in Gwelskol Sorshale in Limerick in the Moskol. Um, so I wanted something Irish, um, and um, you know I'm based over in London. Um, so I was kind of thinking, you know, something to do with being abroad. So Erin O'Carlar translates to Irish or Irishman abroad overseas. Um, so I thought that kind of worked. And I suppose what the website is about is um, it's about you know trying to encourage alternative ways of thinking. Um, you know, trying to plant seeds in people's minds, and a lot of that comes from um, you know I think there's I think there's a lot of of things that we can learn from from overseas um you know i've done a lot of traveling um over the years i've been you know 50 or 60 countries now and you know each different country that you go to thinks slightly differently about things um and um i think there's a lot that we can we can take from those countries and bring back and adapt in ireland um so that's generally what the website is about is about promoting alternative ways of thinking um, be that in politics or social affairs or economics or sport 
or just anything, just just thinking outside the box, I suppose. So, so when did you originally leave Limerick? So I, well, I mean, I left, I suppose I left Limerick probably, I went to university in Galway. Um, so once I finished my leaving cert in 2001, I went up to Galway, I was up there for, for four years. I, uh, I went traveling for kind of a year and a half after that, and then I moved up to Dublin. I was kind of, I was living in Dublin then for kind of six or seven years on and off. Um, and then in 2013, 20, yeah, 2013, I moved over to London. So I'm over there now for the last five years uh, with my wife, got married. Um, September 12 months. Thanks. Um, uh, and yeah, in, 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 the, in, in keeping with the theme with the website, my, my wife's from Cyprus as well. So cool. um, yeah, we got married over in Ayanapa there September 12 nice months one. ago. So good, yeah, good crack. Yeah. Ayanapa is known for a few different things. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, since you left Limerick, I'd imagine it's a lot more diverse now than it was when you... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just walking around this weekend, you could hear a lot of um, Portuguese, a lot of um, uh, Eastern European accents. There's obviously a big African community here. Um, I understand there's a a growing Malaysian and Indonesian population here. Um, And obviously, you know, there's a lot of people coming in from around Ireland as well, which is great to see. Um, I think that's, you know, uh, being, you know, having studied in Galway, you know they're they've been very successful with their own festivals and um you know people travel from within ireland to galway to go to those mm-hmm. and i think that's what we really need to try and do um obviously we want people from limerick to go to the festival as well but yeah. if you can start attracting people from you know dublin and waterford and galway and cork then i think that's when you, you get something really really successful but i mean it was it was fantastic to see and you know i think the, some of the numbers they're saying one hundred twenty thousand were came into came into it and I think you know it was a really big success so you were saying um the beauty of traveling abroad is you can take ideas and bring them back yeah. home uh, do you see that with the diversity that's coming into Limerick that there are changes being made or yeah I mean certainly um you know I think uh when you're not living in Limerick every time you come back you see something different mm-hmm. um for me I think you know there's been a, a big explosion in food especially you see that influence and in, you know uh, I, I presume some of that is coming from the international community living here. Um, I think I saw a new uh, Filipino cafe open up on yeah. uh, Denmark Street or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. And I was at, um, there was, uh, I think it was last year, there was, uh, I can't remember what day of the year it was, but I was back and I was strolling around the milk market and it was African Day, um, or Africa Day, um, but uh, I went in and, yeah, there was, uh, you know, it was great to see kind of the, the, the stuff that was on show. There are different foods and dance uh, music and you know it was, it was fantastic yeah so uh, I'd love to say that you came back from London just to do this interview but uh, <laughs> I, I know that you were <laughs> you were speaking to the mayor about your city yeah. map a yeah. walking map wasn't it yeah so um, we had a great meeting with um, uh, with Neve Ryan and uh, Mayor Daniel Butler today earlier today um, to talk about um, maybe developing uh, the, the walking map that I, that I created so one of the articles that we did um, was about promoting walking as a mode of transport. Um, so I suppose the, the background to where that came from was that, you know, I suppose living in London, you know, everything, it's a massive city, you know, yeah. there's 9 million people there and you have to travel long distances to get from A to B. I um, underestimated the size of it before and I said, I'm not getting the tube, I'm going to walk. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Three hours later, you're like, I'm only half a Yeah, day. exactly. <laughs> um, but Limerick is a very walkable city, I think. Um, but I think that there's... Um, probably some work to do in, in get communicating that to people. Um, you know, um, 
you know, my own, my own sister won't kind of walk from the Ennis Road into, into town. Um, you know, you hear people talking about, um, remember there was that, that nice vegan restaurant up at the top of Thomas Street that closed down. The old fire station. Yeah, the yeah. old fire station. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I used to ask people, you know, everyone seems to like it. Why did it close down? They said, oh, it was, it was a bit too far uptown. <laughs> you know, it's to me, that city centre. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the um, I, I started kind of thinking about it and uh, I came across this um, you know story about Pantra Vedra in Spain they've done a lot of work on pedestrianization um and as part of that they developed this walking map which is based on a tube map uh, similar to london or or something that you find in new york but they adapted it and used it for walking instead and the idea is to kind of promote walking and show people the, how short the distances between points a and b actually are so you put these little um you know times or you can put distances in um, from let's say point A to B so you know I started I used the statue of Richard Harris as, as the kind of city centre and kind of worked out from that um, so um, the Limerick City and County Council are you know, ver- are going to get behind that and um, look to get that out in print form and in a digital form so we had the meeting with them this morning and um, yeah it went very well and looking forward to kind of getting that out there now and why is it you think walking is overlooked as a mode of transport because everybody always talks about access mm. for cars cycle lanes to yeah. public transport but. well i think there's look there's no escape in the weather right yeah. you know being honest about it um it's less attractive to to you know to go out to walk into town when it's you know team and rain outside it's easier to hop into the car but it's also it's also a historical thing um i think there's been probably um a lack of focus on public transport um, I mean, I know when I was growing up, we had a bus that was going down the North Circular Road. There's no bus service there anymore. Um, I think that um, the public transport in the, in the city needs to be really focused on now. I think it's critical, especially if we're if we're talking about expanding this, you know, developing the city. You know, some by some estimates are saying up to three hundred thousand by twenty forty. Um, so if you're going to do that, if you're going to become a, a really top tier city within Ireland and within Europe as well and, and internationally. You need a, a really strong, reliable, um, integrated public transport system. And I think that that is one of the reasons that there's an over-reliance on the car. Um, but people forget that actually, you know, the, the best way of getting around, the healthiest way of getting around is, and the cheapest way of getting around is actually by walking. Um, and there's been huge benefits. Um, if you create a walking city, there's been numerous studies to show that actually the, the retail in the city centre picks up so people have this this kind of fear that if you can't park the car outside the business, that um, you know your 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 business won't be able to compete. Actually, the studies that they've done in in London and New York and in a number of other places show the exact opposite. People on foot spend a lot more money than than people in cars, and I suppose that's because you 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 tend to spend longer in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, it also reduces crime because you've got more eyes in the street, more people. Um, it there's a number there's a, a number of Irish studies actually shown that um, that it enhances um, political engagement. Um, people in walkable areas are more likely to know their neighbours. Um, there's numerous health benefits. Obviously, there's the physical health be- benefits, um, prevention of de- diseases, but there's also a number of um, benefits from a mental health perspective as well, reducing stress and anxiety and depression. So it's it's a no-brainer, really, um, you know, that we should be promoting walking. 
And um, I suppose the, the one of the ways that we can hopefully help to do that is by the creation of this walking map for Limerick. And I'd imagine it's the most environmentally friendly form of transport. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's very topical at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there, you know, I think Ireland has a lot to do, but, you know, Limerick can, we don't have to wait for the rest of the country to do it. Um, you know, we, we should be leading, leading from the front, really. Um, and I think if we could develop something like this walking map, it's a, it's a USP for the city. Um, you know, we got a lot of feedback when we posted online from um, Derry City Council and Galway were, were in touch to say, you know, they thought it was a great idea and looking at adapting mm-hmm. it there. Um, but I mean, Limerick should be leading from the frontier and get out there and get, you know, it's, it's, it's something, I mean, Ponte Vida in Spain, I don't think anyone really has heard about it apart from, you know, the, the work it's done in pedestrianization and the creation of this map. And it's, yeah. it's one of the, the leaders in terms of urban um, development. So. And have you been to Ponte Vedra? I haven't. No, not 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 yet. It's one yeah. of. I, I think I've read a couple of articles about it, and the economy does seem to be doing a lot better now than it was. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And especially during the the recession in Spain, there yeah. was um, Ponte Vedra actually saw an influx of about twelve thousand people over that over that period. The um, the the economy within Ponte Vedra did a lot better than the other areas. Now you're seeing a lot of families looking to move into the area because it's a lot safer. It's 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 a healthier place. It's a nicer place to mm-hmm. be. Um, so I think, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a format that Limerick should be looking at. And, you know, I, I would even go as far as saying that we should be, you know, sending a delegation out there to, to have a look at what they've done. I'm not saying that we take everything that they've done, but we should cherry pick, cherry pick. Exactly. We should. And and that's, I suppose that goes back to what the website is about that, you know, there, if you look at what Ponte Vida is doing, if you look at New York, if you look at London, Japan, you know, um, there's lots of ideas out there. There's, there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of ideas out there that we can go out and adapt. I mean, you know, I suppose one of the examples that I always give to people is that in 2002, Ireland introduced the, um, the plastic bag levy. And the UK only introduced that in 2016. So 14 years later. So that one simple idea that was such a success in mm-hmm. Ireland took 14 years to carry over to the UK. Now, why is that? I, I, you know, I, I think that the, the councils, the governments, we should have, you know, this crackpot team to, you know, to go out and scour the planet and, and look for these, these great ideas, especially the ones like a plastic bag levy that's, that's really simple. And I know it initially had some kind of backlash, mm. but when people actually understand how it works, yeah. it seems, and it could be the same with pedestrianisation, I'd imagine. Exactly, and, and there will be backlash. I mean, um, you know, you do see some people... An adjustment period more than yeah, anything. Else. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, if you look at how it's been, how successful it's been in other areas, um, you know, I think hopefully you get people on board. I think a big thing with the city centre is, you know, trying to get um, the, the businesses and the traders on board because they are obviously concerned that their business is going to be impeded by not having people able to drive into the city mm-hmm. but what i would say is that there's a huge amount of um there's a huge amount of um car parking space within the city center mm-hmm. um so you know you're, you're only ever a minute or two's walk away from the store that you want to go to whereas if you could compare that to the crescent shopping center you know you don't need to be able to drive up out, outside the shop if you go to the crescent shopping center you're going to have maybe a minute or two minute walk yeah. across the car park and then maybe another two or three minutes inside in the actual mall. And they keep expanding it so that it walks in. Exactly, it gets bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. Um, so, 
you know, I, I, I think um, th- th- there's a lot of potential there, but we need to get the businesses and the traders on board with it yeah. um, and show them the facts and the figures out there that, that it, you know, where it's been done in other places, other towns and, and cities around the world, that, that it's been a huge success. So uh, we were just speaking briefly there about the street feast and uh, Megan Scully had her show recorded at the street feet, yes- street feet yesterday. And uh, <laughs> one of the things that kept popping up was it would be lovely to have this once a month or more regular at least even weekly you know yeah but uh as you said the weather is a factor we, we don't have the weather of spain or wherever yeah but uh maybe a canopy over a street and i know you had an article on your website about yeah. this before yeah absolutely so um again i mean this this was an idea i thought about probably 10 years ago um if not more and um you know, never really did anything about it, kind of, you know, like a lot of people, every, I think there's, everyone's got great ideas, but um, a lot of the time you tend to just sit on them and, you know, you talk about it with your friends or your family, but nothing ever happens, which is another reason why I said we'll set up the website, but mm-hmm. um, I went out to Japan a couple of years ago and um, went out there and they've covered large areas of their streets out there and the sidewalks actually as well, so not just the streets, but also the sidewalks because they get a lot of rain out there. Um, and I think that is something that Limerick should really, really look at as well. Um, people forget that we are the most westerly, uh, we're one of the most westerly cities in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, uh, you know, I can't, I can't remember the exact stats off the top of my head, but the, the amount of rainfall that we get in Limerick and on the west coast of Ireland is significant. And I don't say it's Angela's ashes, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> but, you know, call a spade a spade. We, yeah. we, we need to design our cities to reflect the environment that we live in if you look at you know cyprus or spain um or italy they cover their streets to provide shade to people who are in there out shopping because of the sun mm-hmm. strength of the sun so why don't we do the same for the rain um you know there's a, there's a big conversation about you know the decline of retail in the city center and you know how uh, difficult it is to compete with the shopping malls on the outskirts of the city um, so if you sit down and you think about it, okay, so what, what, why do people go to the Crescent ahead of the city centre? Now, there's a couple of reasons for that, but one of the reasons certainly is, um, you know, because it's nice and warm, you're, you're protected from the elements, you're not going to get rained on. So, okay, what can we do in the city centre to, to compete with that? Well, you could cover some streets. And I'm not saying we put the whole thing under, the, you know, some kind of biodome, but, you know, you could, you could pick and choose certain streets to cover you could pick certain sidewalks to cover, you know, so that you can get from A to B, relatively speaking, without being rained on. Um, it would mean that you could have events like Street Feast mm-hmm. um, without being, you know, you know, praying to the heavens for, for a dry day. Um, it would mean that you could have, um, you know, alfresco dining, people sitting outside um, for, you know, in a restaurant. You could eat outside all year round. Um, you know, I think it would create a, a fantastic atmosphere around um, around the city and again it would give Limerick a USB another another way to kind of put us on the map um, you know I know that down in Waterford they've done the, the Apple, Apple Market, Market Apple yeah. Market yeah um, that's one thing I was going to mention was that I'm from Waterford so I'm familiar with the Apple mm. Market and to see the local businesses there's a lot of cafes and bars around that area but they've all moved seating outside whereas yeah. it would have been down to them investing in a canopy or something you know and exactly yeah. and you know, if, if we, you, you saw it at the weekend with the, with the, with the buzz that was around yeah. here, you know, the 120,000 people come into this, all of those, those people, they buy, they buy an ice cream or they buy that, they, they go for lunch or they, you know, they're, they're spending money in the yeah. town, right? If, if you can 
cover certain parts of the streets, you, you make it more attractive for people to come into the city centre and to spend time in the city centre um, rather than kind of staying at home or maybe going out to the shopping malls. Um, so again, I think it's something that, that we need to look at. There's also uh, a tourism element to it as well. There's, um, there's a, a place in um, Portugal, um, the name is escaping me for a minute, but it'll come back to me, um, which um, Aguida um, in Portugal, where they've covered the street in umbrellas. And um, it's become a huge tourist attraction. It's absolutely stunning to see. It's a photo opportunity. It's a photo opportunity, yeah. exactly. And, you know, today's, today's world, everyone wants the Instagram photo, you yeah. know. Um, and with social media, those, th- those types of things spread. And all of a sudden, there's people coming here from abroad because they want to see this installation that you've done. And that umbrella project has actually gone, gone on, a, on a tour. It's been in the Ukraine and Russia and London. I think there's a street actually has a permanent installation in London with it now. Um, so we could do something similar in Limerick. We've got, you know, a really untapped resource in, a, in the Limerick lanes. Um, uh, for the article that I did, the architect company, uh, Zizo Architects uh, in Copenhagen, they did um, uh, a stained glass installation on Todd's Bow. Um, which is one one way you could look at it. Um, you can imagine the colours that project. And, yeah, you know. absolutely. So it's it's functional, but also you know it's it's a creative installation similar mm-hmm. to kind of the street art that you see around the city that everyone loves. Um, we could do something similar. You could you could have you know you could do umbrellas or stained glass. Um, you know you could have chairs. You could have hurleys. You know you could you could do really whatever you want. Um, and you know some of them obviously some of them will be complete covers for rain but not all of them have to be complete cover of rain you know they can yeah. be you know kind of more artistic and you could use the you know we've got a great resource there in the Limerick School of Art and Design you know we could use them to come up with some concepts we could go out and have a public consult- consultation we get you know run a competition so you get that community involvement as well and I think that's something that's really important in getting the buy-in behind it. So uh, when people always speak about pedestrianisation in Limerick uh, we already have Bedford Row, part of Thomas Street, and just Cruiser Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the problem is with that not being utilised? Well, I think that um, Thomas Street is definitely, well, in my opinion, Thomas Street, Stroke, Catherine Street, that area is the nicest part of town, mm-hmm. I think. You know, it, it's it's really nice. It's actually a shared space. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of, the where there's a lot of backlash from pedestrianisation, I think sometimes, you know, there, there are kind of middle grounds um, that, that, that we can use, like yeah. shared spaces. So, um, it's not a blanket ban, ban, ban on everything. Um, all vehicles coming into the city, obviously, you need access for ambulances and and fire trucks and deliveries and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But th- we can come up with something that satisfies everyone's needs. But um, I think the area on Thomas Street and Catherine Street is definitely a nice area around town. It's you know there's a lot of trees there. It's nice to walk around, spend time. You've got bars kind of coming out in the streets. The Still House, Mickey Martin's. It's kind of the cafe quarter. It's the um, you know the start of the the fashion quarter. A lot of nice boutiques yeah. there. Um, it's a really nice area. I think that's been a really real big su- success. Um, Cruiser Street. Um, you know the 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 problem with Cruiser Street probably there is that everything shuts at five o'clock. Um, so I think if you were to have some bars and restaurants on that street that are open in the evening, it brings additional footfall. Um, there I think, seems to be a lack of uh, seating on the street as well. Yeah, you know it's it, all inside and. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, Cruiser Street was one of the streets that we that we did a design for covering. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, the there's a lot of, you know, there's huge potential for Cruiser Street. It was a roaring success when it first came in. Um, and I think the design you had was uh, to cover it in patches instead of just one 
roof it was kind of sections of it yeah uh, so as i said you know you can look at in in some areas you could look at covering a whole street um you know there's loads of designs that like that they use in japan and singapore that you could kind of mimic for that um there's other ones where you could maybe use an umbrella type installation which you know cover yeah. parts of it people could sit under it to chat or have a bite of lunch or you know just to hang around um you know or you could have retractable canopies that um kind of open and close so if there's a hot day it'll you, you can open it back so that you can enjoy the sun on a rainy day you can close it over um we've we also we've got a great precedent in limerick already for this the milk market, market yeah you know um people so forget that it is people, a tent it's, it's a tent you know yeah. and you know my my idea isn't original it's not something yeah. that i came up with i've you know i've i've copied it from what i've seen in in other places um but we've also done it in limerick as well and it's been a huge success um you know the milk market is probably one of the gems of limerick city um and uh, i think covering it was one of the best things that they ever did so yeah. that should be used as a template for what we can do in other parts of the cities in, in other parts of the city um and there's still a nice light in it's not like it's in darkness or anything it's no absolutely the tent they use actually lights to place yeah, up as well absolutely um and there's, in there's case people think it's like mr burns blocking out the sun in the city. yeah so. exactly yeah <laughs> yeah which is kind of what i'm talking about you know i'm not i'm not i'm not i was referring to the biodome earlier and you know? i'm not talking about putting in this kind of um you know this this uh globe over yeah. the half globe over the city or anything like that you know it's just um i suppose it would be nice you know if you could think strategically about it you know if you're if you're especially if you're going to promote things like cycling as well yeah. you know you need to have areas strategically covered areas where people can you know park up their bike you know get changed or maybe if you're coming in from the train station for example you know you have a, a section that's covered bring you down to the city center maybe that links onto a onto um, a covered sidewalk and then onto a covered street you know so you could do kind of parts of it some of it as i said some of it could be fully covered some of it could be artistic but it's something that we need to think about at least and um i usually ask people what they'd like to see happen in limerick in the future but i think the answer is a bit obvious uh, you'd like to see streets uh, shared spaces are pedestrianized and yeah i mean covering areas but I, uh, is there anything any changes you've already seen happen um well i mean i think yeah i mean as i said when you when you're not living here you see change a lot more happen a lot quicker than than if you're living here yeah. it's kind of incremental um i think um the i suppose the atmosphere is probably the thing that's changed most in limerick everyone's really positive there's a lot of new um lovely little businesses opening up um you know the, i think the selection of bars around the city and restaurants and cafes is is, is top notch mm -hmm. these days um and i think the next thing really that we need to focus on is the city center and you know making it more appealable to people um um you know creating uh, attractions that for people to come into the city the the rugby museum international yeah. rugby museum is a great example i also think that we need to look at um cinemas you know i mean limerick used to have when i was doing the research for the walking coverage um covered streets article um uh you know i looked at back at where limerick came from you know it's it's you know the the, the um it's history and pig town and, yeah. and and the bacon industry 
But also there was a, a big cinema um, uh, history here. We used to have 12 cinemas in the city centre at one stage. There's no cinema in the city centre these days. And it's, you know, it's, it's a big drag for people to come. Yeah. You know, it's a big pull for people, um, you know. Well, again, you're going out towards the Crescent or out to Castle Troy or yeah. there's one in the Enish Road. Uh, yeah, and Road as well. They're all actually in the shopping malls. Yeah. So again, that's another attraction to the shopping mall. You've got your cinema out there. We, so we need to look at creating additional attractions in the city centre, like cinemas, the museum. Um, I think probably the best news I think we've had probably since I've been in Limerick is the U announcement of UL going onto the uh, onto the former Dunstore site. Um, I think that'll be a you know I think that they've done very well with their architectural designs in the past. It'll be a nice waterfront feature, but also the the foot the additional footfall and the buzz that a students that the students bring to city centre and obviously the people that will be working there as well. A lot of your views will um, link up with Liverpool Limerick. And yeah. one of their aims is to have people actually living in the city. Absolutely. And I'm sure that's something that you'd like to see as well. Absolutely. Um, Limerick is really unusual when you start comparing it to, you know, the vast majority of other cities yeah. around the world in that um, everyone here lives in the suburbs and not uh, in the city centre. Whereas if you look at most cities, the most expensive part of the city uh, to, to, to buy residential properties actually in the city centre. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the standard that's the norm whereas actually Limerick is the inverse of that um, and I think if you are going to have you know footfall in the city centre then you need to have people living in the, in the city centre and we've got a you know everyone's you know it's everyone's been talking about it but the you know the Georgian area in particular I think is a really untapped resource mm-hmm. um, so if we can um, get people living in the city centre I think that would be a, a massive achievement um, and uh, a real boost for the city and the businesses in the city in particular. Brilliant. And uh, Ryan, where can people keep up to date with Airlock Harlar? So uh, we have uh, our our own website, which is aeronockharlar.com. Um, I won't we, get you to spell it out, but I'll <laughs> include a link in the description Thanks. here. Um, we're also on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, you can find us under aeronockharlar.com or at aeraharlar. Um so yeah, please check us out, follow us, and uh, we're also actually doing um, a regular feature in the Limerick Post as well. So yep. um, a couple of articles there up online as well. Catches yeah. in the Limerick Post. So. so Ryan, thanks for coming over for this interview. Yeah, uh, all the way over. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us, and best of luck with everything. Cheers, thank you. You've been listening to We Are Limerick, a Limerick Post podcast. For more news, sport, entertainment, and more podcasts, visit limerickpost.ie.